This is a sermon given at St. David's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. Visit our website at stdave.org. Well, good morning, my friends. It is, it is good to see you all again. It has been a while, and it is good to be back in the pulpit. As we move into reflection on today's lessons, I would like to begin by saying thank you to all of you. Thank you for your ongoing love and support for me through my back surgery. Thank you for the cards, the Facebook messages, texts, emails, meals, and treats, especially the sweet treats. All of these things have graced my family and me as we have adapted to this recovery. Transparently, the surgery was a good bit more complicated than they expected, and the extended hours under, under anesthesia has translated into extended days of recovery and a typed-out manuscript for a sermon. <laughs> Nonetheless, it is getting progressively better, and I'm beginning to re-engage the work that I love so much. I appreciate your ongoing patience with me as I come back at a, a slower pace. In fact, shortly after I preach this sermon, you may see me walk out of this room and go home. <laughs> but we'll see how long I make it through the service. I cannot imagine how much different my experience of recovery would have been also without the kind, gentle touch of my own personal RN, my wife, Chris, <laughs> and my attentive and playful children, complete with compromising photos that they needed to take throughout the entire experience. And without the patience and kindness of the staff and you, the parishioners of this beautiful parish. Each day for the last month has been an opportunity for me to see the gentle healing hand of God in the world. And each day has been an opportunity to catch glimpses of the kingdom of heaven all around me. And I am deeply grateful. The kingdom of heaven... It's a phrase that appears primarily in the gospel according to Matthew and one that we heard over and over in our gospel lesson for today. The other accounts of the gospel prefer the phrase kingdom of God. Now, most scholars believe that the two phrases are essentially interchangeable as they are used contextually the same way in each gospel. Some think Matthew was perhaps being culturally sensitive to the Hebrew prohibition of using the name of God choosing instead to say the kingdom of heaven. Others think that's overstated, citing that places in Matthew where Matthew uses the name of God as well. So perhaps Matthew did this on purpose, and Matthew is doing something a little bit differently than the other compilers of the gospel. Now certainly, Matthew was clearly building on the well-established Jewish theology of the kingdom of God. It's an eschatological expectation of a future time when God will unequivocally establish God's kingdom and reign on earth with a descendant of David. After the life, teaching, and death of Jesus and resurrection of Jesus, the early Christian community certainly thought the kingdom of God was at hand in a very literal sense, expecting the imminent return of Christ in the establishment of the kingdom of God on earth in their lifetime. But as the decades passed and Jesus did not return, the belief began to morph. And at the risk of oversimplifying this to the level of absurdity, just for the point of discussion, I think it morphed into sort of two different paths. 
Two different paths that Christians have been choosing between for 2,000 years since then. And both paths are well worn by today. For some, the path they chose that, that the kingdom of heaven was primarily a hoped for day in the future. When God would establish God's reign on earth. And then for some, on earth and then in heaven. In the meantime, the world is in the hands of the power of sin. And the call of the believer was twofold. First, right belief about how God is redeeming the world. And second, for each person to allow God to work an internal transformation as they patiently waited for God's intervention in the world. This familiar path has been trodden by millions of Christians and is well trodden today as well. Another path was the belief that the kingdom of heaven was in the hands of the believers themselves. The world will be what we make of it, this believes. And the call for the believer is to transform the world into a place that embodies the values of the kingdom of God. The famous quote of St. Teresa of Avila that many of you know, God has no hands but our hands, embodies this belief, is the mantra of this belief. And calls a believer less to write belief than to write action. An invitation to make the world around us look like it is in fact redeemed. Behind this belief is this idea that if we just work hard enough, we can make the kingdom of God happen here on earth and it will finally be a reality. This has been particularly present over the last two or three hundred years. This path led to the development of most of the social ministries of all the mainline denominations that we all know. It evolved into something known as the social gospel and remnants of which are still alive and well, especially in the Episcopal Church and particularly here at St. David's. These two paths often seem to be in conflict with one another. One invites believers into a future hope with less concern for this world that is clearly and obviously passing away. And the other invites believers to work hard and to usher in the kingdom of God into the world in which we believe, we live. And we can see this dichotomy working itself out in different ways that Christians embody their faith in the world. And sometimes those who have chosen one or the other path can't even recognize the Christianity on the other path. But as is the case with most dichotomies, when clearly articulated as an either or, something gets lost. Something gets lost in the translation. So, what if Matthew uses the phrase, the kingdom of heaven, instead? What if he uses the kingdom of heaven intentionally? And it's intentionally different than the other accounts of the gospel. Perhaps he's trying to say something else. When Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is at hand in Matthew, which is the first thing he says in public, the first thing he says when he comes out of the wilderness of temptation. He says, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Maybe he's not thinking of it, maybe he is thinking of it not as something that will either happen one day or something humans must create by force 
out of their own hands. But instead, he's saying that the kingdom of heaven simply is. In the gospel according to Matthew, Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is over 30 times. In the portion of the gospel we heard this morning, it's as if Jesus is just speaking in one run-on sentence over and over and over. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. The kingdom of heaven is like a net full of fish. Notice when Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like mustard seed, yeast, hidden treasure, fine pearl, or a fish in a net, we hear no invitation for us as hearers to be more like seeds, treasure, yeast, pearl, or net. Nothing is written to us about how to be a more effective pearl or a more fertile mustard seed. It's simply a declaration of a fact that the kingdom of heaven is. So what then is Jesus' invitation if he's simply declaring something as a fact? What is the invitation of this powerful phrase if not to either invite us to anxious anticipation of the future inbreaking of God into the world or to work harder and harder until we embody the values of the kingdom? What is Jesus inviting us to do? I think perhaps it's as simple as this. Open your eyes. In the words of the Eucharistic prayer, open your eyes to see the hand of God at work in the world about us. It's an invitation to see God where we normally only see mortality, pleasure, pain, good luck, bad luck. Life, death. What happens if we tune our eyes to see the kingdom of God around us? When we finally see something that looks like the kingdom of God, well, we'll be thrilled and amazed. We'll recognize it. And then, because we're looking, we begin to see other things that look like the kingdom of God. And then, once we see it often... How could we do anything except accept an invitation to plunge in and be a part of this? I want to participate in this kingdom of heaven. Kindness, compassion, gentleness, generosity, companionship, joy, love all follow. And they begin to show up in our lives, not because we made the kingdom of heaven happen, but simply because we recognize that it already is. And it's everywhere. So if that's true, I wonder if a recent experience I had might also be true. What if the kingdom of heaven is like a nurse who received a patient in the middle of the night after a long and unexpectedly complicated surgery? She speaks gently and kindly, reminding the patient where he is what has happened and what she's doing. And as the patient begins to awaken, a pressing question is on his lips. Did James Taylor win the competition? <laughs> After repeating this bizarre question several times, 
The nurse had to confess to the patient, I'm sorry, I don't know the name of James Taylor. The patient replied, it's okay. He's a musician. He's my favorite musician. Did he win? Did he win the competition with his song, Something in the Way She Moves? The nurse was still uncertain. And so the patient began to sleepily try to sing the song for her. <laughs> the nurse had to confess that she still did not recognize it. And she left the room. But a few moments later, she returned to the room with her cell phone. And she asked the patient if this is what he meant. She placed the phone on the pillow by his ear and pushed play. And James Taylor quietly began to sing. Something in the way she moves. Looks my way or calls my name. The patient said, yes. Yes. And he was calmed. And he quietly sang along for the whole song. <laughs> and then he drifted off back to sleep. What if the kingdom of God is that present? A nurse attentive enough to listen to someone talking out of their head, but figuring out what they needed and giving it to them. What if that is the kingdom of heaven? Friends, the kingdom of heaven simply is, as far as I can tell. Kingdom of Heaven is something that already happened countless times throughout the history of God's engagement with the world. Kingdom of Heaven is something that happened specifically and dramatically in the life of Jesus of Nazareth. And the Kingdom of God, the Kingdom of Heaven is something that we still long for in the future. Always and everywhere, the Kingdom of Heaven is at hand. So it's not really a choice to be made any more than sunrise or sunset or choices for the one who witnessed their arrival. Jesus just repeats over and over the kingdom of heaven is like. Maybe it's an urgent invitation simply to notice. And once we notice the kingdom of heaven, we're invited to truly see it for what it is. And once we see it, we're invited to be touched and amazed by the reality of God's presence and God's grace in the world. And once we're touched and amazed, how could we do anything else except commit our lives to participating in the kingdom of heaven? The kingdom of heaven that was. The kingdom of heaven that is. The kingdom of heaven that is to come. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. You can find more lectures and sermons on iTunes by searching for St. David's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas, or visit our website at stdave.org and click on the podcast button.